Hebrews 7 verse 1 this Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also a priest of God most high when Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings Melchizedek met him and blessed him then Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of justice and king of Salem means king of peace. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest for ever resembling whom so he's saying that just like Jesus he remains forever consider then how great this Melchizedek was even Abraham the great patriarch of Israel recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle now the law of Moses required that the priests who are descendants of Levi must collect a tithe from the rest of the people of Israel who are also descendants of Abraham. Hey. He's saying but Melchizedek who was not a descendant of Levi collected a tenth from Abraham. And Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham the one who had already received the promises of God. So he receives his tithe and places a blessing upon Abraham who had already received the promises of God. So there was a promise already of blessing. This did not stop Abraham from practicing the principle of tithes and he received that and then gave him a blessing of somebody that already had a promise on his life. There is a seed that you can build before God that will speak and accelerate the blessings that was promised over your life years ago. And without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. Verse hmm. hmm. 8. The priests who collected tithes are men who die. So Melchizedek is greater than they are because we are told that he lives on. In addition, we might even say that these Levites the one who collected the tithe paid a tithe to Melchizedek when their ancestor Abraham paid a tithe to him. So when you give your tithes, you're not just giving for yourself, you're giving for your children's 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 children. For although Levi wasn't born yet, the seed from which he came was in Abraham's body when Melchizedek collected the tithe from him. 
so if the priesthood of levi on which the law was based could have achieved the perfection god intended why did god need to establish a different priesthood with a priest in the order of melchizedek instead in the order of levi and Aaron. and if the priesthood is changed the law must also be changed to permit it mm. Mm. for the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priests verse 14 what i mean is our lord came from the tribe of judah and moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe moses mentioned priests coming from whom levi but where did our lord jesus come from tribe of judah this change has been made very clear since a different priest who is like melchizedek has appeared jesus became a priest not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of levi but by the power of life that cannot be destroyed power of what when he prophesied you are a priest forever in the order of malkisedek yes the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless you know why Jesus died. No more you needed sacrifices of a lamb for the washing of the sin. Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. So there is no more need for a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. And that is why they had to shut down one priesthood and started a different priesthood. in the order of melchizedek so the priesthood according to the levite stopped the priesthood according to the levites required a sacrifice for your sins priesthood according to jesus does not requires a sacrifice of your sins because jesus became the ultimate sacrifice and then he says but this priesthood is different from this priesthood because this priesthood was the priesthood of melchizedek to whom abraham tithed so of all these complicated theologians who want to argue that tithes doesn't exist anymore they are talking about the priesthood of levites that doesn't exist anymore but the priesthood of melchizedek continues forever Amen. so feel free not to give your tithes but i just gave you the key in your bible not in the old testament in the new testament and if it was in the old testament it is not wrong either he said abraham brought his tithes and received a blessing for something that he was already promised and he's saying now jesus continues the priesthood of melchizedek forever people say jesus came to fulfill the law yes not to abolish it and even if you say so melchizedek was not in the priesthood of the levites he had a different order 
of priesthood. Some blessings that were supposed to come to us stopped because you don't honor God with your money. North America, you talk about money, demons start manifesting. You talk about blessing, they say, yes, I receive it. You talk about giving, hmm. But as a pastor, I can't just preach what you want. I have to preach everything. I want to tell you, no matter what anointing is released, there are things that you have to do before the Lord that if you don't do, no matter how much anointing is released from you, in your personal life, if you're not having a right standing before the Lord, some blessings that are supposed to come will never come. And the enemy who is the accuser of the brethren will be quick to go to heaven and say, look, you blessed her, but she doesn't follow you. She doesn't show gratitude. You eat what belongs to God. So the enemy claims what belongs to you. Tithing is a discipline of a child of God. Because you know what? God is never a debtor to any human being. We want to be a Christian that God will look down and say, man, these guys, they are not perfect, but they really desire to please me. And so sometimes the enemy brings false theologies. Today, there is a spirit that attacks theologies because the enemy wants to cripple the believers, cripple children of God. So they'll come and say, oh, you don't need to follow this. You don't need to follow that. You don't need to submit. You don't need to, you don't need to give to the church. <laughs> it says, where you give, that's where your heart is. So I say, you give it to the Lord. How are you going to give to the Lord? Which bank are you going to give to the Lord? Is there a, the Lord's bank in, uh, in, in some location? You give to the Lord by giving to his kingdom. You give to the Lord by giving to the house of God. He said, bring your tithes to me, to my temple, that there may be bread in my temple. So every week, look into your heart and say, God, I, no matter what my situation is, give me the grace to be like Abraham that gave his 10% of his tithes to the Lord. Sometimes we pray, God, I need financial breakthrough. God, I need financial breakthrough. Prayer is not going to work when God has already given you an instruction of how you're going to be wealthy. So when God has given you an instruction to follow, prayer is not going to solve it. God is saying, I've already given you the blessing. Now, I've given you the promise. Now, do what you need to activate the blessings over your life. So tithe is what you give to the Lord as a gratitude of what he's already given. An offering is a command that says, whenever you come to my presence, you don't come empty-handed. So tithe is what already belongs to God. Offering is what you're bringing additionally as a gift to the Lord. So some people, they just say, okay, I've given my tithe, so I don't need to give an offering. Tithe is gratitude of what already God has given. Offering is what you're bringing outside that. So do as the Lord helps you. Do as the Lord leads you. Be under no pressure to give. So the Bible says it is better you obey joyfully 
than doing it grudgingly for it is of no benefit to you. So please, I, I plead with you, don't give a single dollar if you're grudgingly going to put it. Because that coin that comes in will carry a curse on your life. I'm telling you, what you give grudgingly doesn't bring blessing. God will slap you saying, how much I've blessed you, but look at your attitude. So please, if you don't believe this, wait till this becomes a revelation. But don't try to make your pastor change the sermon because it doesn't suit your comfort. No, that's not the right way to do it. You sit and you learn. Learn and then when it becomes a revelation, do it cheerfully. The Bible says, when you give, you have to do it happy. Cheerfully. Cheerful giver. God is looking for what? 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. So don't let anybody say, do it saying, I'm afraid, so I'm going to do it. Why? For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Because the brother had said a lot of things that was putting fear of God in their hearts. So then he's bringing this verse saying, listen, but don't do this out of pressure. Do this cheerfully. So if you're doing it, you should not do it out of reluctance. Because in that there is no blessing. God loves whom? Cheerful. Cheerful. So let your offerings bring joy and a smile to the face of God. Hi there. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe below and share. And we'll catch you next time.